thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome. And we are so excited. Look at us, a couple of kids (laughs) in a candy store. (laughs) Okay, so here's the deal. We've all been away overseas traveling the globe. It's so fabulous. I've been in, I've been, oh God, I've gone from, Zero to hero in throughout Europe. Cindy's been um, all throughout Europe and Spain and and Greece and oh my goodness, stop it! And Kim's been all throughout the US and it's just Houston, Houston. We've got a problem. I just I have to tell you this because it was so funny. So I sent a photo to Kim of my view. And I'm on the Mediterranean, I'm high on a hill, and I'm overlooking up towards Athens, and oh. it's absolutely stunning, blue seas, everything like that. Was <laughs> it the water? Oh, the water is unbelievable oh in the Mediterranean. Goodness. And the white buildings and the blue yeah. sky. Yeah, yeah. the whole bit. So I've got this beautiful photo that I send her, and she sends me back her view. Oh, no. A car park at the, at the hotel and a highway. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Sorry. I just just need to add in for our listeners. These two were actually holidaying and flirting about the place. I actually worked the whole time I was there. I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. I worked too. (laughs) I answered emails. (laughs) I went to to a conference. Did you do assignments, presentations? Yes. 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 Oh, no. Your presentation on Facebook. It was very good, Karen. Oh, I will have you know. <laughs> I actually, I did do a major presentation actually, and I got a massive contract. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. I haven't okay. told you about that one yet. That's in the uh, next conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's All right. Good. So I just thought I'd put that in there. So, but you continue. Go Glad on. that you did because mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, both tarts and move on. Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? Greece and Spain. Greece, Spain. France, Italy. France. Oh, my goodness. Paris. I went to NASA. Barcelona. (laughs) (laughs) Failure is not an option. Mm. Yes, yes. We did get... We We did get pencils from Houston from Kim. We did. So today's actually... It's our first podcast back from being away from each other for so long. So the first hours was just exchanging gifts and Kim got us pencils that said failure is not an option from NASA and I really get that you can imagine that that would be their that would be their mantra for their mm-hmm. culture oh gosh yeah. mm. failure is not an option oh, yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. and even sitting in the room where you know where they land on the moon and and it's not that Houston we've got a problem oh. like we went into I mean look that was the only outing I got was to go to NASA <laughs> but it felt really surreal because I've also been of that thought that was the whole thing a conspiracy yeah in yeah. which case was this all fa- like there was a lot of effort they went to if it was fabricated and it was a conspiracy but to st- we also stood right next to the big shuttle like it's massive 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 and so the one that landed on the moon uh, I don't know if it was the one that- I didn't pay that much attention <laughs> I took a photo with Neil Armstrong. Would that be the only question you'd want to know? That's what I would want to know. Wouldn't that be the one that you... I love it. Right. (laughs) She's snorting. Why would I care? It was massive. It was a big ship. That's 
probably was the ship. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Come on. Anyway. Pull it together, Karen. Come on, pull it together. She's lost it completely. It was a very big, big thing. Anyway, and I had a photo with Neil Armstrong. Well, you a picture. So <laughs> Carry on, please. <laughs> oh, you're just too funny. <laughs> Who does that? He goes to NASA. <laughs> she goes to NASA. It. I did touch it. So if it was, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you got, you got any tissue? <laughs> no, I'm not a tissue girl. Oh, I've got tears. That's just so. That was really cool, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are such a dang. Oh, goodness gracious. I collect oneself. Oh, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Oh, there we go. Oh, for goodness sake, Kenya, just hilarious. So, I always, so this morning was just this, yeah. this outrageous catch-up and exchange of presents and obviously discovering Kim's journey. <laughs> so the pencil was probably the best gift that we got, wouldn't she's, you think? She's Apart from the leather bag and the beautiful Spanish jewellery, yes. I would say the pencil was probably the best gift we got. She's just held up a big sign, <laughs> listeners. She's just held up a big sign, flashed it in front of my face, calling me a tart. That's what it Alright, those pencils. Funny. They are cute. Mm-hmm. They're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where so on? we thought we thought what we'd do with you guys this morning, instead of us sitting there catching up with each other and not including you in on it, we thought that we'd just have our podcast be our catch-up so that you guys could hear about everything that we've been doing over the last couple of weeks. And because the other, the other really awesome side to what we've been doing in our travelling is learning mm. stacks, not only just about ourselves, but learning stacks about what happens outside of the island of Australia. And... I don't know about you girls, but it's like, I've always known that there's a whole big world out there, but when you go out there, I was out there for a holiday, yes I was, true, admit it. I went for a holiday for the first four weeks, but then the last two weeks I was in San Francisco working, and it's really opened my eyes in terms of, you know, know, the internet has really opened up a global opportunity for businesses and I've known that intellectually but I didn't realize what they could possibly mean when it comes to taking your message out to the world I have no idea what that could possibly mean Mm. so traveling internationally has really it's opened my eyes to the to the reality that in Australia we have some amazing talent Mm. and because we've also got the ability and space for freedom of thought And I think that that's something that I think looking in some other places is a real opportunity for us to be able to share into those other places to encourage more freedom of thought because I think that there are lots of places where freedom of thought hasn't been um, experienced to the extent that we experience it in Australia. And I think we just take it for granted because it's just the way we live. Did you guys feel the same way? Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that I, I discovered while I was away is that, you know, different cultures offer different 
thoughts and different ways of thinking. So one of the things I discovered in Spain was, like I went hiking, and as I was hiking, uh, there were trees of food everywhere. And you took your dad on this one with yeah, you? Yeah, I was with my dad and my oh, daughter. It was gorgeous. So we're hiking for hours. But you don't need to take food and you don't need to take water. Really? No, because there's fig trees. I was eating figs. Oh, my gosh, the figs. There was almond trees. There was um, <gasps> chestnut trees. There was grapes. There was kiwi fruit. There was kiwi fruit. Hello. It was everywhere. There was um, <laughs> wild cherries. So oh. I just kept eating, eating. Off the too bad if we this were poisonous. Oh, and mulberries, mulberries. Was that the photo that I saw of my on dad. Facebook of your dad? My dad. It was like he just being bled to death. Yeah, yeah. He was just because I had figured out if you stand under the mulberry tree and pick the mulberry, then it's just going to bleed down your hand. So I would get on top of the mulberry tree almost and eat from the top, basically. But not dad. No, dad would just sit there and he had red everywhere. Oh, All these clothes were stained. His face was stained. Oh, that's but so I ate funny. mulberries and figs. You don't need shops over there. And I, and what I got told... Whereabouts um, in Spain was this? This was in the mountains. Um, so I was in the hills of Spain, just south of Granada. So Granada is... So Barcelona, Madrid, Granada, and then... Um, Malaga. Malaga is it? Or Malago? I don't know how they say it. So I was between Granada and Malaga in the hills. So there was snow. There was still snow and it was 33 degrees. Well, I was in Barcelona and it was boiling, boiling hot. But if I'd known... That yeah. that was there. Oh, it was just stunning. Absolutely oh, stunning. You would, have, you would have added more to your, <laughs> to your rather full cruise trip uh, holiday thing, would you love? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I would have been quite a brat. I would have gone. <laughs> but it, what was amazing is that I went for my first walk. Uh, so I got up really early in the morning and just went for my walk myself and, and found the mulberry tree. And at first I'm going, oh, is it poisonous? Yeah, or is it yeah. not? You know, so I was a bit worried. So I just took one and ate it and went, that is the sweetest thing. That can't be poisonous. Sweet poison. So I had like a punnet. <laughs> I just kept picking them. And then when we went for this long four-hour walk, it was like figs and, and like nuts. There were nuts everywhere. I, that's what blew me away. But what I was told by the locals was that if you give them a tree that produces a food that they can consume, they treasure it. Mm. Absolutely treasure it. If you give them a tree that has no way, you know, it's only beauty, it has nothing that you can eat off it, they actually don't treat it as well. Huh? So their actual, what they want is that they want edible gardens all the time. And they want, like I would be walking in the middle of nowhere and there'd be mint. Stunning mint growing. And I would pick the mint. There was fennel. Fennel (gasps) everywhere. There was... Cats wee on there. Fennel. But there weren't enough cats out there for them to wee on every fennel. How does fennel grow? How does it grow? Does it grow out of the ground? Well, it was this... It was this. It was this big bush, but I couldn't find. Um, I couldn't find the bulb. So this wasn't the bulb. So, but the seeds. So you get the seeds off it. And one of the things I love um, is I love fennel in my teas. So it, it, to me, it was uh, well, fennel, from an essential oil point oh. of view, is used for digestive function and cleansing and detoxing. Oh. And it's a wonderful. It's like peppermint is. It's like an, a, a digestive aid. So if I put peppermint and fennel together, which you and ginger, which was and there, then ginger, you've got the ultimate stomach remedy. Mm. Mm. It's amazing. And you, you know, and I saw down. garlic. I saw garlic growing. Oh, it was just amazing what was there. So um, for me, that was the the Spanish culture of everything edible. 
Oh, and the other thing is springs. There were springs everywhere. You never needed to take your water. I remember oh coming across this spring and tasting the water, and it tasted like mineral water. It tasted like it had been carbonated. Oh, really? Yeah, and apparently it's called the, the spring of health. And people come there to... to you know, get their health back. And they say, you must drink from the spring. You can't take it away. You must drink from the spring. And there's apparently a, a lot of iron within this spring. And this is the one spring that if you get the water and you do put it into a jar, the iron will not drop out of it. It actually stays within the water. So, yeah, they call it the spring of health. And it's in a town in the mountains of Granada. And we went there. And so everywhere I went, there was a spring. You didn't, like I said, you never needed to buy water. And the townspeople don't use the municipality water they actually use the spring water to drink why from. would you not well why would yeah. you you know and this water oh i wish i had a spring sitting right beside me mm. you know at home because you would keep drinking water you know how water tastes revolting yeah, yeah, yeah but this is one way you would be drinking water i couldn't get enough of this water and that mineral water i had to keep it was two hour hike from me <laughs> and i used to get up early in the morning and hike down there and have my water and eat my way through <laughs> come home I didn't need breakfast I didn't need anything what a treat that's yeah, like a it was. very tame yeah it was for me you know because I love food and I went you know we've got to start doing this we've got to start making edible gardens you know like you spend a lot of money on your landscaping mm. Do you know and we should be making it edible and these guys know how to trim it and you know what I found out that mulberries and figs are seen as um, noxious weeds in Australia are you kidding me? Yeah. Mulberries and figs? No yeah. way. They're, no. they're saying, well, the fig tree, everybody doesn't want it because it just takes over. But all you've got to do is keep trimming it down. And the same with the mulberry, mulberry trees. trees you've got to keep trimming them down. And there's no reason we can't do this. You know, lemon trees are always a tree that we have in our garden. I mm. just remember everyone has a lemon tree. Yeah. But why not have, you know, here in Queensland especially, oh, we can perfect. have mulberry. Oh, mulberry, I tell you, I think I'd spend my life with my mouth open. <laughs> Under the tree. I keep thinking of a mulberry pie. Under the tree. We had a mulberry tree when we were kids and we used to climb up the mulberry tree and it got so big and so Mm. fat and heavy that one of the branches actually cracked straight down the middle. But that was perfect because it actually dropped the leaves (laughs) down so that me, being short, could actually reach the mulberries. So I would have it all over my face. We'd just be purple. And it was stunning. I tell you, just stunning. Oh, let's do well, one, it. One exciting thing was that when the mulberries do drop, they then dry on the ground. So I didn't just have to eat the fresh ones. I would gather on the ground. And I know people think, oh, Cindy germs and things like that. But come on, we've got to have good probiotics. This is the best way to get probiotics. Right. They were on the ground. Is there no bugs or insects or, or animals that come and half eat them and then put all over well, them? Well, there's so many. That's oh. gets me. So it's like crowded on the ground. And I, I saw a dried one and I looked at it and I went, oh, I wonder what that tastes like picked it up oh god she would yes yes i would would. (laughs) i'm a bush pig turned out it was a dried bat poo (laughs) (laughs) and they do look the same (laughs) well there were so many of them and it tasted so good i'm sure it wasn't dried bat poo but anyway i picked them all up and took them home to everybody and i said guys you've got to taste this this is dried red mulberries and they were just stunning just stunning so i put them in my mueslis i did pick out all the dirt and you know i did clean them I did. Look at them. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so 
brave. Mm. But anyway, that's the culture. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You know, and the same was Greece. I thought the other Greece had fig trees everywhere. You talked about was you talked to me about the Mediterranean um, diet. Ah, yes. I thought this was an interesting point that you mentioned. Share that. Yeah. Tell, tell. Well. You know, they all talk about the Mediterranean diet and how it's healthy for you and and how things, um, what they do is good. So, uh, you know, olive oil and um, they eat a lot of bread. Like every meal there was bread sitting there. Yeah. But what I noticed, um, and I noticed it a lot, that if I did see an older person, they were overweight and they were very crippled, Mm. very crippled. Mm. So... Is the Mediterranean diet as good as what they're saying, you know, with the oil? And the other thing is, is that they're all talking about, you know, the olive oil is what they eat. But when you have a look at what they really do eat, they actually eat a lot of butter. They actually eat um, a lot of kid. (laughs) You know, there was goat and there was, I'm sorry. Baby goat. Yeah. No, no. Kid. Big, big goat. A oh, kid is a, a baby, kid is a baby goat. Oh, well, that's what they called it, was kid. I just yeah, assumed it was goat. Like so they, they do eat a lot of meat and a lot of fish. They, they do consume a lot of that. But the bread was what got me. There was a bakery. I was in a town that was not a tourist town. And there was this huge bakery there, and it was all wheat. And so my thoughts were is that perhaps their diet has started to change. They're not just eating what they used to eat, which was the olives, which was high in fat, and and the meat, and um, their cheeses, and their bacon. Oh, my gosh, their bacon, jabon, is just something. I thought it was jam, so I didn't buy it. Like, what it was was scrambled eggs and bacon, or scrambled eggs and jam. That's what it said. Oh, yes, 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 I saw that. But it was ham, and so... Casey, my daughter, she orders the ham, the jam, and I order the bacon, and then I had breakfast envy, didn't I? Because she's got, <laughs> she's got the best-looking um, ham. You should have seen it. It was amazing. Um, I was in Madrid Airport, and I was looking at all the hams, and there was one that's called Blackfoot, and it, apparently it is the treat in food as far as, um, you know, as far as uh, the things go in, in Spain. I'm trying to figure out where I was. Greece or Spain? Spain. So I was in Spain. Oh, look, whatever. Uh, wherever. wherever. Whatever. 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 Anyway, these pigs are fed acorns. That's all they're fed. And it's, I figured out it was about $350 a kilo for this ham. And I thought, I've got to try it. You know, so 100 grams was 29 euro. Wow, 100 grams. But I went, well, I don't do anything but spend money on food. You know, I don't buy shoes and bags like somebody else I know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of went, you know, 30 euro on 100 grams of ham just to give it a taste. And all they do is um, cure it in salt. That's it. Oh my gosh, was it good? Oh yeah, Casey kept stealing it from me. I said, pay for your own. No, I shared with my daughter. I did. I did share with my daughter. <laughs> so for me, you know, the food was, I learned so much about the food. And, you know, if we can cure a ham, and you don't have to have, you know, 30, 350 bucks a kilo ham, but they were curing ham with salt, without nitrates, without nitrites, without colours, without anything, and it was stunning. Mm. So, yeah, I, um, for me, the food and the culture, that was what I went for, and I learned so much. Yeah, mm. I felt the same way. Um, when we arrived, we flew from we flew from um, Australia into Rome, and I went with Matt. So the first thing we did when we arrived was he needed to have ice cream. <laughs> so the first thing he wanted was okay. Let's let's suss out Rome and find our gelato stops. <laughs> and he also wanted pizza. He just wanted all he oh, wanted was pizza and gelato. That's all he wanted, and. That was pretty much all we had, or all he had. 
was pizza and gelato the whole time. And it was just, it was absolutely fabulous. Where we were staying in Rome was right opposite one of the most popular gelato shops. Mm. Oh my goodness, I've got some amazing photos of these beautiful mountains of fluffy gelato just lined up all the different flavours, spectacular. And then right next door was a pizza place, but there were pizza places on every corner. And the pizza in Europe is so stunning. It's so thin. The crust mm. the, the, the is so thin. And then it's just really minimal toppings. But what Matt got introduced to was parma ham or prosciutto. Oh. And very similar. Mm. Just beautiful. Uh, not that I would have tasted it. I didn't. But he said it was, ex- like he said, it was just exceptional. Very thinly shaved. And they didn't actually cook it. They put that on after the pizza had been cooked. So then the parma ham would sit on the top of the pizza. And he just thought that was heaven on a stick. <laughs> Heaven on a stick. Gelati and prosciutto. Pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just thought he was just in absolute heaven. And you know what? Something about um, Italian um, bread is that they still grow einkorn. Well, I wanted mm. to bring to oh, that point, Cindy, because um, obviously I don't, well, not obviously, but I don't eat any wheat or anything like that here in Australia because I'm incredibly sensitive. I'm just one of those very unlucky people. But over in, the, over in Rome and in Italy, we I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And I was very strict with myself. I would have my beautiful fruits in the morning and then I'd have um, salad for lunch and a salad for dinner. So my whole regime was big greens, lots of greens. And then whatever else wants to be added in there is great, but it must have lots of greens. And they would always bring this beautiful bowl of bread. Never butter. I never had, I did not ever get given European butter. Anywhere, not in Paris, nowhere. Nobody had butter. Um, Did they bring that oil though? No oil. No, just the bread by itself. Just the bread by itself. And then they would bring out uh, the olive oils. Not unless you ordered it. Um, Mm. But they would bring out the olive oil as dressing for the salad. But not the olive oil and balsamic that you would dip Mm. the bread into. No, never got that. Not anywhere. Not anywhere. Could you ask for butter? Oh, I guess you could. I didn't. No. Um, Actually, it was the same in Greece and Spain. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah they always the had oil and vinegar on the table with the salt and pepper. Yeah, yeah. That was there, but the bread came out without anything. Well, Mykonos yeah. and Santorini was the same. Yeah. So it was bread but in Rome. As, a, as, a, as, an, as an accompaniment? As a, yeah, yeah. But it, it, was, it was free. Yeah. So when they, brought, when they brought the water out and put that on your table, the bread came with it. Nice. Mm, it was a bit civilised. And <laughs> I thought, I'm going to give this bread a whirl. And while the flavour wasn't remarkably different to what I was used to, the after effects were. I lost three and a half kilos travelling through Europe. And normally, if I was to have bread overnight, I'd put on five or six hundred grams. And every day that I would eat bread, I'd put on five or six hundred grams in inflammation. So Um, in Europe, I didn't get that at um, all. I can see a new diet coming out. The Kazas eat bread in Europe. I think it's a diet. <laughs> yeah, why, mm. Kaz, why Kaza didn't get fat in France? <laughs> the French paradox. <laughs> the Karen French paradox. And the other, yeah. despite the fact that she walked every street to buy shoes and handbags. Oh, I <laughs> did, I did. I think the walking had a lot to do with that. But that's interesting, and it could be because they're still using the traditional wheat grain, not the old, the new hybridised, chemically hybridised. 
um, dwarfed style wet frames. So it's wonderful to hear. Well, I thought that must have been the reason mm. because the first day I tried it, I was nervous. Second day, I went, oh, well, I was fine yesterday. I didn't feel the bloating. And then every day that I tried it, I didn't have a lot. Wow. But then as the days went on, I went, no, bugger it, I'll have a whole roll. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I'm having a salad, bugger it, I'll have a roll with it. And so I did. And then I went, bugger it, I'll have a red wine too. <laughs> And so, you know what? You look fantastic. Um, and usually stomach. the stomach, yes. Yes, we're most impressed because mm. normally Kaz, can I say? Of course you can. Normally Kaz has a very bloated stomach. She, say she's a bush pig. <laughs> no, really I'm the bush pig. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, she's always got a bit of bloating in her stomach and it, it, and it does blow up. Mm. And it's as flat as a tack right now. I know. So everything appeals I've to you. I've touched it. Mm. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Mind you, though... When I left Europe, because Europe was just, I mean, that's a whole other ballgame. But when I went to the United States and I was in San Francisco, yeah. that's a whole other ballgame. Mm. Nothing, <laughs> nothing is fresh. Everything is genetically modified. Let me tell my story oh, now. Here we go. Mm. Yes, mm. We, we heard all about this. Am I finished? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just Oh, are you finished? Hang on, are you finished? No, mm. clearly I'm finished. No. <laughs> no, the minute you mentioned the States. <laughs> that was the end of it. Oh my gosh. Kath, Kim. Oh my gosh, I've got food envy listening to you two. Oh, because can I, can, okay, yeah, just, no, just before can. you go on to the stage, right. just let me just let me just let okay. me just let me say this mm-hmm. and then you can say that. Well we could go back to that. <laughs> That's an option. <laughs> Failure. Domatis. Fresh. Oh domatis, yes. Fresh. Mm. Are these the vines? The vines are nice. Fresh yeah, domatis. Yep, got it. Fresh domatis. <laughs> Fresh, fabulous. Stop it. Shut the front door. Tatsiki. Yeah. In that amaze balls, mm. Greek yogurt. Oh, oh my goodness, the hummus. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm with you. Oh. I'm with you, girlfriend. And then the bocconcini cheese. Mm. was just there, mozzarella, but beautiful mozzarella with. Oh my goodness, the tomatoes make me want to cry. The I tomatoes agree. Oh. are just heaven. It's like you've never eaten a tomato. I, look, I agree. Now, oh. I had so many Greek salads. Why can't our tomatoes taste like theirs? Oh, Cindy, and they, they have like nine different varieties oh, of yeah. tomatoes at their fruit stores. I've got photos. These lumpy, rigid Just to tomatoes. Prove. Oh, absolutely. I have to. <laughs> yeah, to prove. I mean, because you wouldn't believe me otherwise. No. <laughs> but I'm not kidding you. To, to, oh, stop it. The tomatoes on the balconcini oh. with the beautiful fresh basil leaf over the top and then a little balsamic reduction. <laughs> With some with some um, very heavy thick rock salt or sea salt over the top of that, I'm telling you. I mean, I you know, you know what I'm just getting from it? And cheese. Yeah, the cheeses. The cheeses oh, were magnificent. And I'm vegan, and I was just <laughs> eating cheese like a. Does that compute? Like a cheese vegan. Cheese vegan. <laughs> a cheese vegan. I'm a cheese vegan. But you know what's ringing true here? Oh. You're talking about one ingredient. You're both talking about a tomato. You're talking oh. about basil as if it's the mm. most exquisite thing. It was. Yeah. It was. I, it, it, but I it was. I, 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 I kid you not. It's as if you've never had a tomato before. Oh, I'm with you. It was it was mm. a heavenly experience. I can't even I can't even begin to put words to what that was like. Mm. We went to um, Matt and I went to this little place called Catacolon, and it's in Greece. We hired a moped, 
We've Can you a... see the two of them oh, on the moped? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that yeah. would be funny. And it was stunning because in Catacolon it's just big farms, but it's on the beach, it's on the water, and the water is like blue, like the sky, just baby blue colour. And then all these beautiful farms that grow the tomatoes and they grow the basils and the beautiful lettuces that just go for miles. Oh, it was and it was intoxicating. The smell mm. of of fresh tomato is intoxicating when you can smell mm. it growing. I love it. Do you know? Oh, I love it. You know that's what I love about, um, especially Greece. Because so I was in Evia, on the island of Evia, and we so, look at Kim. <laughs> she got to go to Houston. <laughs> We'll get to you. We'll get to you. Don't you worry. We will get to you. But I was on the other. Just just before you said that, though, just yesterday I redid my veggie garden. Oh. And you're talking about that smell of tomatoes. When I was planting my tomato plant, there is a real Mm. smell around tomato and the plants of the tomato. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that's Mm. all right. You can Mm. say that. (laughs) So anyway, we went to this place one evening. Their their timing culture is a little bit hard for me because they go out to eat at ten o'clock at night. Well, because it doesn't get dark until midnight. We were in Paris on Bastille Day, and they wanted that. Well, they did the fireworks. We start standing on the bridge to watch the fireworks at half past six. I'm I'm in heels. you do it in heels because everybody in Paris looks so beautiful oh, and I was running around in my daggers for the whole time and Matt kept saying to me compared to them hun you need help <laughs> so, so I thought okay on Bastille Day I'll work it up I'll put my new jeans on my fabulous new heels nice little top did my hair makeup stood there didn't I six and a half hours oh, <laughs> because it doesn't get dark till no. midnight and then it was at midnight the damn fireworks go off six and a half hours in heels I'm telling you people uh uh-uh. <laughs> There's nothing good about that. No way. But it's right. They don't. Oh. They don't eat till ten. No, well, we would go out for dinner at ten. I'd be like, "Going, I'm ready for bed." Oh, but this yeah. is their summer culture. Apparently, it's not their winter culture, but it's their summer culture. Do they get up later? Yes, very. Like, like the, the conference started at ten o'clock. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And we'd have two hours for lunch. <laughs> we worked hard, Kim. <laughs> plus, we did. plus, plus a twenty-minute kip. <laughs> yes, exactly. Meditation in the middle of it. I just want the (laughs) listeners to understand how much I worked while I was away. Oh, no, no. These two holiday... I have written word tarts written here because I'm just going to introduce you to my experience in America. So I... Are you not going to let me finish it? No, I'm so... No, no, no. No, I'm just talking about a tomato. All right, just a tomato Talk about a tomato. The first morning, I think, (laughs) scrambled eggs and tomato is what I ordered. Out came some packaged egg thing that didn't taste like egg. It was whipped something or other. And the tomato tasted like it had been sitting in a fridge for six weeks. You know, that that taste was impregnated. So I just want you to have now the relativity of why I'm sitting here with absolute food and holiday envy, listening to you two. And all I could think of was my little tomato in bloody Houston that tasted like rubber socks. That had been worn for weeks. <laughs> so I would get texts from Kim. This was the funniest thing. So I noticed I, she didn't pay attention to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I, didn't. I would get texts from her, sorry for me. and she'd go, "What is it that I cannot find real food?" Like yeah. finally, you know, you ended yeah. up going somewhere. But I'll let you tell your story about your food. But one more story from me, and then it's no, all no, yours, no. Kim. No, no, no. You can tell I'd us all about American stay, food. Much rather stay in your two heavens. <laughs> Trust me, Dalmatis. So we ended up going at 10 o'clock at night. We went up to the mountains um, on the island of Evia. And we went to a place where they grew everything. 
for you to taste. So they grew the grapes for the wine, the olives for the olive oil. They grew the animals for the tasting and that. And I watched them, and I know you probably can have a fit, but I watched them um, finish the butcher off a, of one of their deers. I know, it's sad. I know, Karen, but I did watch that. Mm. Um, so everything is grown in this area um, or their, their farm, basically. And you go to this this place up in the hills and you, you sit on this amazing veranda uh, and you basically eat the food only from there. So any even the goats would produce the milk that would make the cheeses that we had. Oh, um, they wow. grew everything. Everything was grown there. But don't you feel so divine. almost spiritual being in places virtuous, like that? Very virtuous. Yeah, but oh, people have a very yeah. spiritual connection to what it's all about. Yeah. You know, and the kitchen was so basic, and I met the I, and I took a photo, of Karen, just to prove it. Right, yeah, yeah. good, 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 good. I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> no, I know. But I, you know, the kitchen was amazing. Two huge butcher's blocks, you know, just and that's where they did all their cutting and their their garlics and things like that. But it was just one of those. I, I sat there thinking, why can't we do this in Australia? We just have to make it happen. Well, I think you're right. People in Australia have to realise that we have to become a culture of edible gardens, of, of places where we're not buying from Chile and Greece and Japan and wherever else, but I we're actually buying. That, is there a lot of imported food in Europe? No. 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 I didn't, oh, well, I was picking figs off the tree. That was definitely not imported. No. They, what I did notice <laughs> is that they did, they did import their bananas from Madagascar. Oh. Um, I didn't even notice. But that But you know what I think it is, Cindy, because they, you know, Europe is so old and Australia is so young. And because Europeans, Mm. they've only ever known that way. And you think about all of our fruit and veggie shops here in Australia. For a lot of them, they are our Europeans that have come over when they first migrated. Mm. And they started our fruit and veggie shops because that's what they knew how to do. Mm. And they knew how to do that well. So I think in Australia, I just don't think we've ever been exposed to it. We've never known that that's the way that a person could possibly survive and live. But whereas in Europe, they've been doing that for generation after generation, passed down, passed down, passed down. It's culture and tradition. It's cultural it and tradition. It is culture and tradition. And what's interesting is that we went and watched this gentleman make uh, pastelli, I think it was called pastelli, and it's just sesame seed and honey. Now, his oh. grandfather or great-grandfather taught his grandfather who had taught his father who he has then done it. And it was in a whole ritual, and it's just sesame seed and honey. And, and I watched this man do it, and that's... That's all he knows to do. You know, that's Beautiful. that's what he does, and then he sells it, and it was just stunning. So these, you're right, it's culture and tradition, and it's been passed on, whereas it seems here... And there's love in it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can taste the love. Yeah. That's the difference. Mm. I love you. And they do it traditionally. Mm. You know, they're not doing it with machine presses or anything like that. I watched him do it from woe to go, from when he started to boil up the honey and the sesame seed and then add more sesame seed, and then... I took video of it because it was just one of those things that I thought, yeah, this is tradition. And you're right. In Australia, we've lost that. But, you know, I'm from Victoria, and I remember the Greeks and the Italians in Victoria. Yeah. They always had veggie gardens in their backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, because Australia is apparently in Melbourne, it's the largest um, population of Greeks yeah, and outside Italians oh, outside. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I remember watching this and, and when you look at the culture in Melbourne mm. and the Greeks and the Italians and their culture and what they've done. So, you know, there is a little bit here, but I think we've got to, I think we're getting back to it. And mm. I just, I would love to just go for a walk and, oh, that was my ring. Um, <laughs> I would love to just go for a walk and, and just 
be able to eat the mulberries and the figs and the whatever instead of them being noxious weeds. Yeah, I These agree. These are not noxious weeds. These are foods. Like I thought if there was a holocaust, I know where to come. I'm going to the hills of Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I, 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 I'm you know, coming with you. We'll be there. But you know what? My other thought was this while I was walking through it. I was thinking of the Australian Aboriginal. Now, they knew. Yeah, we don't yeah, know yeah, the food yeah. that they knew. Yeah. Like macadamias in Queensland, they're not, they're, that's the native to, or to Australia is macadamias. So they actually knew that they could go for a walk and get all the food that they wanted. Yeah, yeah. It's just that I've been brought up in a Western world. That's right. We just don't know. We just don't know. So maybe we could survive in Australia. We just don't know the food that we could survive on. Mm. Now, Kimmy. Would we like to go to the American diet now? You know what's so sad? I just feel sad about that. (laughs) Do you know what is so sad about what I experienced in America was everything we're talking about, I actually think the people do want, but they are so far removed. So I did a course over there for two weeks, and first morning my introduction to American food was that egg powder and tomato, which I thought would be a fairly standard meal, but no, couldn't eat that again went to the course and they provided lunch which was a salad now what first got me is there's a it's almost the same size as a half a can you know like i'm not talking the 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 big cans i'm talking like a half can like you can get coconut milk or cream in that size was almost the size of the salad dressing that came with the with the salad nice like that's how much salad dressing came with it it was like a half a cup and then i looked at the ingredients on the salad dressing And hardly any of it I recognised. I so did not recognise half of it, but a lot of it was obviously hydrogenated vegetable oil. There was all sorts of Thickness. sugars and sickness and mm. um, um, what's the sugar? Um, High fructose corn syrup. Corn syrup, that's the mm. one. It was just laden. So I didn't put anything on. So I ate this salad. The next day, I didn't eat anything that night because I was so tired and I had a bit of my nuts and seeds that I brought over from Australia. But on the third, second, third day, I was actually starting to freak about needing food because where we were, we were out in the middle of nowhere. There was nowhere I could walk to a market. There was no shops. We were in a hotel environment. And people, they started to find out who I was because on the second night, we've gone out for dinner and just me, an Australian guy from Newcastle and another American girl, the three of us went and there was two restaurants by us. One was a Taco Bill thing or something or other, and the other one was a sports, an American sports bar. Yeah, no, nice choice. So um, <laughs> so we walk into the Taco Bill thing, and the minute I walk in, I'm thinking, I don't even know these people I'm with. If I was with you two, I would have had a... No, we would never have gone there. We would have had meltdowns. <laughs> we wouldn't have gone We've got to take... We would have, we would have looked up organic cafe. Yeah. Yeah. Hide a car and gone. Yeah, yeah. But I had no time yes. because every night I was doing assignments, so I couldn't even get anywhere. So She so did we, work, didn't she? So we walk mm. into this place. Bargain. <laughs> and, and it felt like a Mexican McDonald's is what it felt and the smell it had that same smell and I just looked at them both and went you know what I can't quite do this so we walked out they agreed and we walked out over to the sports bar which was so loud and noisy anyway it was Mexican so I'm looking at the menu and I didn't actually understand a lot of the menu like things and I just said to Jackie that was with me I just want some beans and greens I'm happy with that I don't need any meat I just want some beans and greens and she went okay well maybe you should have an enchilada and I went okay okay so I ordered it and out came this meal. Honestly, these people—they massive, would have been massive, huge. massive, massive. But she comes out filled with cheese. I bet. No, and I'm not kidding. She puts the plate in front of me, and it's a massive, big oval plate. It looked like um, a Manila folder had been rolled, and then there was this 
stuff that looked like my cat had just thrown it up and there was no greens and over the whole top of everything was this yellow kids paint which she called cheese <laughs> oh yes 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 it's that pub cheese it's liquid cheese well apparently now that these guys have got to know me they reckon they wish they'd taken a photo of your face because <laughs> i held the plate and went what what is that <laughs> and she goes it's enchilada like this, and I've gone, no, 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 you need to take that away. You need to take that away. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't take a photo. That's how horrified it was, because I wanted, I wish I had looking back oh, taken no. a photo. You two would have died. It looked like yellow kids' paint that you put on a, you know, you'd paint in a kid's room. Anyway, finally she came back. I just said, I have a salad. So she brought out this funny, which was iceberg lettuce and a tomato and two olives. Yeah. So um, that was my meal that night. So then I'm really starting to get upset now, because I'm not going to eat. And so on the third, the fourth day, one of the ladies goes, look, the close, I put a post on Facebook on my Like Chocolate for Women page. I put a post, come on America, so much for being the land of hope and glory. Are you serious? There is no good food here. And I kind of went to town, 105 comments later, most people were going, oh my gosh, it's, is it really that bad? That's put me off going to America. Oh. A couple of Americans said, we're really embarrassed. We're so sorry. You've got to get to a Whole Foods or a Trader, jo- Trader Joe's. Trader, Trader Joe's. Joe's. Yeah. And so anyway, the next day I begged one of the lecturers in the lunch break please can you take me what's the closest one it was 20 miles away on a highway freeway oh at least it would have been fast so so she took me the Australian Steve and Jackie and we hooned down we had an hour oh gosh and and this was three playful type personalities by the way in Whole Foods So we get to Whole Foods, and I'm just like, I I Instagrammed it, I took photos, I just felt like I was home. Mm. So I took photos and everything, and we had 15 minutes. I did the fastest 15 minute (laughs) shot I have ever done in my life. Do you know what? I bought enough food to stop me for the next 10 days that I actually ate in my room for the next 10 days, apart from three meals out, which I then researched every single restaurant I could. But I have to say to you, all these Americans kept saying to me, now they're they're sitting there at this course and they're nibbling on nuts that are so badly flavoured that it makes you feel sick smelling it. So this lady next to me kept eating these peanuts that were really badly flavoured. With her diet, um, is it Dr... Pepper, Pepper, Dr. Pepper, a Dr. Pepper drink. She's skinny as, so it wasn't about weight for her, but she had this jittery kind of disposition. It was kind of nervous kind of energy mm, she was using. Could have been the aspartame, oh, just affecting that. her nervous system. For breakfast, she eats these fake pancakes with this funny fake cream and this fake maple, maple syrup. syrup. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I couldn't get over it. I kept saying, where can I get real food? And they'd look at me like I was some <laughs> alien. Um, but what astounded me more than anything is a lot of these Americans that were with me were actually none the wiser. They they really didn't know. They knew it was kind of bad, but they they didn't know what was bad. So I started pointing out to some of these people the ingredients, and I showed them the ingredients card that I had and was showing them that every one of these products had these ingredients in it. Now, for me, a lot of them were parents or grandparents. A lot of them had kids or grandkids on ADD and ADHD medication. They had kids that were having trouble in school. Like, it was just fascinating. And the health reform or the health... Um, thing in America is a shocker. They're going through all sorts of major reform issues at the moment. And I just sort of sat there and I remember texting Cindy the whole time going, please, please tell me there's real food in this country. But they knew nothing. They did not. They all knew that I needed to get to Whole Foods and Trader Jack's. Joe's. Trader Joe's. (laughs) Um, Anyway, then I got taken into... um, 
into Houston one night and we had a drink in a bar and we had a meal at a, a, a Mexican place and this was probably high-end Mexican and it was real and it was greens mm. and it was really beautiful. I, I did avoid cheese in America. There's something about orange oh, cheese. cheese and I don't know, there's something about cheese over there. Except they took me to a place there in the heart of Houston called Phoenixica. Like it's Phoenix with an ICA on the end. And I went in there and it was another Whole Foods kind of environment. Oh. And I bought my kefir um, yogurt drinks and they were beautiful. All the ingredients were lovely. And, and I had my beautiful um, nuts and seed mix from Natural Earth Health Products that I took over that I would mix that with some fruit. That was my breakfast every morning. So I kind of felt like, and I had a whole heap of nuts and seeds. And that's what I snacked on while all these Americans snacked on chips these flavoured nuts, their Dr. Pepper hooflicky grit and black thing they were drinking, <laughs> and their um, and their coffees that they were drinking with these fake creams and stuff. Look, I was just but horrified. Horrified. You can't even get cream in America. Or I've never seen cream in America. No. It's called um, half, and half. half and half. And I, and when people come, Americans come here, because I, all my cousins are American, and they come and I offer them cream, they got no idea. they got no idea at all. It's, it's actually... Um, it's really interesting because I was listening to a podcast out of America recently and they were saying that what's happening is that about 10 million Americans out of 320, I think there is over there, are interested in, in changing their health. 10 million. 10 million, that's it. It's a very small percentage, but it's growing. Mm-hmm. It never used to, but it's growing. And and that's the problem is that you were probably in an area where it's it's maybe not a big big thing, but you can, like when you go to America, um, and because I do go, because, you know, that's where my mum's from, when you go to America you can actually start to know where you've got to go. And what I'll often do for people who, who are going to America and a bit worried about it, so what I often do is I make sure that, I, that as soon as I get there I know where there's a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. Um, I also look up organic cafes or vegan cafes or vegetarian because I know then at least they've got the idea of real food. I, it's not what I like, vegan and vegetarian, but I know they've got the whole foods. Um, so these are the, the best things to do when you, you go. So I remember we went to Hawaii as, uh, for a family holiday quite a few years ago. Not really – I thought Hawaii was the place of – of health. Oh, genetically modified fruit. Yeah, well, I didn't know this. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. this was like five years ago, and I thought, well, you know, Paul Bragg, he was one of my mentors, and he was out of Hawaii, and he had juice bars and all this wonderful stuff. So I thought, well, we should be all right in Hawaii. So we got a hotel without a kitchen, you know, just a hotel room. And I searched Hawaii, and we were in um, the main town, I can't remember. Waikiki. Waikiki. We're in Waikiki. I went up and down the strip. I looked everywhere to find somewhere where we could eat, and I would feel comfortable with and I, I came home and I said to her we have to get out of this hotel we need an apartment um, I found Whole Foods uh, you know there's a Whole Foods not far from Waikiki the, the main area I said I found Whole Foods we're going to have to eat in because there is nothing it's all chips and hamburgers or Denny's or nothing nothing mm, no. not, well, not even a juice bar but, I couldn't find a juice bar but in the Whole Foods is beautiful food oh it's stunning like I bought these kale chip yeah. toppings so when I made my salad in my room and I bought some smoked salmon 
and I bought something because that sort of stuff can last in your mm. fridge. Luckily, I had a fridge in my room, but I had salad stuff. I had lots of veggies that were, you could buy it all pre-chopped up, which was helpful for me because I didn't have a kitchen. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that container yeah, that yeah. they've got. So yeah. I had that container. Then I bought a small bowl of salad, which stayed as my salad bowl in my room, and every day I'd make a salad up and pour some smoked salmon or smoked Atlantic salmon into that. And then I, my dressing, do you know, in one restaurant I asked if I could have a lemon. She said, oh, no, we don't have those. <laughs> we don't oh, have lemons. They didn't have lemons. So, so I bought myself a couple so of lemons. Basis. That was my dressing. So to me, it was like, I get it. But when you're in Houston, we were 30 miles out of town or 25 miles out of town, and there was nothing. So I, if I had known there, because I had no idea where I'd be staying, I would have been a little bit more prepared. But to get a taxi into Whole Foods and back was a $70 taxi trip. Mm. So I kind of, it wasn't like I could make this. And plus my course was from 8.30 in the morning and I was working through to 11 o'clock at night oh, every so day. So you didn't get siestas and long lunches? No, and... no, <laughs> no. But what I'm, what I'm suggesting is that I got there. Yeah. You know, like you can make it. But after, and then after getting your texts and photos of what you were doing, I was just thinking, you could, but what freaked me out, you could not get two more extremes. Walking in the bush with an edible garden, mm. and to me, walking outside to the <laughs> to the freeway, mm, mm. and seeing mm-hmm. nothing but takeaways, pizza huts, um, McDonald, like everything was fast food yeah. orientated. It's sick. Do you know uh, there's a, a TED video called The Gorilla Gardener? Have you seen it? Mm. It's called The Gorilla Gardener, and it's worth watching. And it's a guy in LA, and he he takes the first thing he talks about is the landscape of LA and he shows all the, he talks about the social problems in LA and and he takes photos of all the takeaway places in LA. And what he does is he ends up, he becomes a gorilla gardener because he asks the council, can I use this land to do a veggie garden? So he ends up on his nature strip creating a vegetable garden and then he finds landscapes and he just goes in there and makes them. He doesn't ask the council anymore, he just goes in there and does it. So it's worth watching the gorilla gardener because he he sees it. You know, he sees that this is our landscape. Mm. Which, what you saw in Houston, it's not good enough. It's not good for our youth. It's not good for our health. And when you consider that the brain takes twenty five percent of our calories, basically twenty five percent of our energy needs, the brain takes. And we've got so many depressed people and so many people that are not doing well. And if all we did was change, become gorilla gardeners ourselves mm. in our own backyard, if not help. Community gardens, then you know perhaps we can change what's happening. And and this whole American health reform—it's huge. What yeah, they're it's doing. Massive. It's so massive. tell me, when you guys were walking around in Europe, what were people drinking? Like, what would you see them having? Drinks Never of? saw soda drinks. I, no, I didn't see soda drinks. I saw drinks. a lot of. I saw a lot of water. Yeah. And coffee, I suppose. Was coffee was big. big. The coffee culture is big. Everyone in and America it, had a. A Coke. can or a soda drink, a pop, whatever they call it. In San Francisco, everybody was drinking massive, massive cups of coffee. Like it was just no, massive, massive cups of soda coffee. drinks. But San Francisco, from a food perspective, when I first got there, I was staying just out of San Francisco in a suburb called Burlingame, which is right near the airport. And it's actually quite quite sweet, you know, just one main street with, you know, some shops and stuff like that. But it was the Hyatt at Burlingame where I was speaking for the chiropractic conference. And I didn't take, you know, I didn't take a great deal of food with me because I thought, well, it's the Hyatt, so I'm sure I'm going to get some great stuff. No, really struggled, really struggled. The best that I got was um, vegetable crudités with hummus. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Me. The sneeze is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that just came from nowhere. 
Um, yeah, the best thing I got on the menu was um, vegetable crudités with, with hummus. So I had that just about every day. <laughs> and um, what, and I got a, a couple of salads, but the salads was the salads were really iceberg lettuce with um, some green capsicum, tomato. Uh, that's actually it. That was all that was in the salad, mm. and it was really it was really tough. It was really really tough. And then in the end, because I couldn't get out of the conference place, um, I started having like I got a I got a panini with salad on it. And oh my goodness! The next day, I could feel the pain underneath my rib cage, mm. and I'd bought a beautiful suit to wear at my conference. But I was so hungry, I was shaking because I just couldn't eat anything. Actually, I remember your post on that. Oh. You said, "What is this?" Yeah, talk about your post that you did on Facebook. Yeah, I put a post on Facebook, and I just said, "What the hell? Like, how come I can't get anything to eat? This? What's what's the deal?" Anyway, a bunch of people sent posts back of mm. some really lovely places, but they were in San Francisco. Mm. So and that's the thing when you're not staying right in the heart of somewhere, it's very hard. I did actually find a Mexican restaurant, which was really cool because when I went to the Mexican restaurant, they had all the enchiladas and their tacos and stuff, and I just said to them, "Look, I'm not going to eat any of that." And I was actually quite proud of myself, Cindy. <laughs> but I said, "I'm actually not eating any of that." So can I tell you what I want on a plate, and will you make it up? And they did, which was really great because I and I just went nuts I overate yes I did I ate until I could barely move because I thought well I'm not going to eat again (laughs) I hadn't eaten for three days and I wasn't going to eat for another three but then when I got into San Francisco itself into the city of San Francisco I was staying right on the wharf and that was divine oh my goodness it was so beautiful the city of San Francisco is breathtaking and gentlemen who um just kind of fostered me right from the very beginning, Tez. Tez Malloy. <laughs> Tez Malloy. <laughs> Who I know. Yeah. Um, he fostered me. He basically he took me on guided tours. Mm. It was just amazing. And what a beautiful place. Mm. But I'm telling you, if you're not eating seafood chowder, you're not eating. <laughs> you're not eating. But you know what I discovered? Or what I realised for myself, and of course we all have our own personal journeys when we go to these places, but for what I saw, I felt so sorry. I felt so sad because America is such a massive place. And when you fly over LA or you fly mm. over any of those places, I mean, we can't comprehend the massivenessity <laughs> and, the no- <laughs> and the number of people. But what, just in San Francisco and what I saw down the, you know, the fishermen's wharfs there, the consumption is obscene. Mm. I mean, and, and I mean, no disrespect to the Americans because if they knew better, they would do better. But what but is what that I about see, the massive meals? I couldn't well, even eat half of them. And that's the thing. The, the, the meals are just massive. But, you know, being an animal lover and seeing the things that I saw was the waste of life that takes place mm. due to this overconsumption. And it's not... I'm not just talking about people who eat too much. I'm not just talking about obesity here. What I'm talking about is overconsumption of everything. Mm. There's this overconsumption of food, an overconsumption of life, mm-hmm. an overconsumption of space, an overconsumption of, 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 of just about everything. Space this, rockets. Space <laughs> rockets, which we don't know if they flew to the moon or not. But, but there is this, 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 just this intense overconsumption that's sad. And I looked at the number of people that were you know, just jamming the streets. And then I flew into L.A. on my way home. And I looked at all of that, Cindy, and I, I, and I don't know. I, I looked at it and I thought, 
Are we too big? Are there too many people to get it right? Will we ever be able to have the United States of America? Because if the United States of America can get it, I mean, wow, what an amazing epiphany that would be worldwide. But are we too many? And is this this overconsumption, has it gone too far? And the minute I had that thought, because I just I sat in the plane actually feeling quite sad for the people, but also for the animals, I'll be mm. honest. Mm. I watched a, a, boat, a fishing boat go out and they came back with big king salmon. And there's this big crowd around the fishing boats. And I just went and had a look. And this man is scaling the fish while he's alive. And he's cutting, the head's still on there, he's cutting open the guts and pulling out the guts while this fish is still alive. Mm. And this thing's just quivering. I couldn't watch it. When I saw that it was still alive, I thought, no, you know, that's not even humane. That's not even humane. But there wasn't just one fish. There was 300 fish. And people had brought garbage bags down, white garbage bags that you use in your kitchen, Mm. and they were filling them to the brim of these white garbage bags and it was just mum and dads with their kids with fish with the fish with, heads or the guts or no 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 of the filleted oh, the salmon fillets the fillets of the salmon and they were getting them in big garbage bags full and taking them home and doing whatever they were going to do oh wow I just it was it was it was uh, it was such an eye opener it was such an eye opener but I'll be honest, the minute I had that thought on the plane, thinking, have we gone too far? Is it irreparable? Is it too mm. much damage? And I thought, you know what? It actually isn't. It actually isn't. If we look at, I don't know, and I don't know, it's kind of out there, Jerry. Here we go. A little bit down the rabbit hole. But Here we go. Quite. I knew we had to go sometime. No, no, not, not, not too much. Not too much. But I thought, if we look at humanity as each individual is like a cell in a body, and we look at the world and life as the body, and then each individual is a cell in the body. Each individual plays a part. We can't be too big because each individual plays a part. And some cells work for the betterment of the whole, and some cells work towards the cancer, you know, the cancer of the body. And the cancer is the only, you know, part, the only cell in the body that will actually destroy itself by destroying its host. So it will, it's kamikaze cell there. So if we can if we can be part of contributing to more cells in the body, then eventually the cancer in the body will become less and the, the betterment of the body will become the priority or will become more um, self-sustaining. And I thought, so it was quite encouraging to look out over LA and see this great thick blanket of dark brown smog covering the whole of LA as we flew through it I could see the contrast of the beautiful blue sky Mm. cute little white clouds thick dark brown blanket that covered the top of LA and then obviously the bottom of LA just kind of disappeared in amongst all the blackness but I thought you know it can't be too late it can't be too late because I don't believe that that we ideally we want to implode we don't. We don't want to kill ourselves. We don't want to destroy our host. We don't. We all want for the betterment. So then the key is not so much the result being obesity or the result being overconsumption or the result being diabetes or cancer. The key is actually the education. Definitely the key is the education. It's the, it's mm. the education. And I think that if our governments, and I don't know, I don't know, maybe it's pie in the sky, but if our governments could focus on educating people as what good food was or what what health was, rather than having an environment that's born that's built around sickness, you know, the, our, health, our medical, cent, you know, medical 
practitioners and you know the whole medical model is, is is around sickness. You've got to be sick to go to the doctor. So I thought maybe there's some hope. I mean, if we can get as many people finding their voice, maybe there's some hope. If more people, like our listeners on the podcasts, if they can find their voice and talk about what they learn, share what they learn just with their kids or with their next door neighbour, or share what they know with the teacher or you know whoever, whatever, or start their edible garden. You know, Absolutely. you know that's a really good place to start. And what a great conversation point too. It's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful, actually. In amongst all that smog and in amongst all that those people in LA. There is a gentleman, and there's probably more than this man, but there's a movie that's written about him, and it's called Homegrown. Oh, and wow. he's on a town block right above a high, like right below a highway. You can see the highway from his town block. And his wife had left him. He's left with three young children, and he decides that he um, is going to grow flowers and sell to the local market to make some money to supplement the income because he, he's got no wife, yeah. he's got three kids, and then he decides to grow vegetables. And... He basically, on his little town block, supplies enough food for not only the markets, but his family. Oh. Year in, year out, year in, year out. This is this tiny little block. as a home on it. He's got goats in there and he's got chickens in there. You should see. It's, it's an amazing movie to watch. And this is over a period of years that he's done this. Um, but his kids are now grown up and they're all part of the garden now and they um, give their produce, you know, they sell their produce as well as live off the live off this little town block in the middle of LA with a highway over it. Do you know, that was one of the most beautiful things about Italy. And also, um, we went to Sorrento and drove down the Amalfi Coast. And every single garden Mm -hmm. was a farm. Mm -hmm. There was no, there was no gardens for kids to play or anything like that. Well, I mean, they had little, you know, little trikes and swings and stuff in amongst it all. But every backyard was a garden Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful. It was breathtaking. I'm going to do that. I'm so going to do that. I'm going to rip out my yuccas and I'm going to plant me some figs and I'm going to plant me some mulberries and I'm going to plant me some tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Look out. Uh, what, what, would, what would both of your advice be then when travelling to a new place? Like, I really was gobsmacked in America. I, I, was, yeah. I was not prepared for what I saw. I really wasn't. No, me neither. Really? And I have been to LA before, but when I was in LA, LA, LA actually has a lot more eating options. Because there are definitely more savvy people there. Yeah. So LA's got lots of vegan and yep. organic and non-genetic, yeah. genetically modified foods. Mm. OMG, yeah, massive corn, papaya, uh, were the two primary ones that I remember seeing. The papaya from Hawaii is genetically modified. I got a, a brochure on it. And corn, everything is made from corn, I know. which is all GM. Yeah, soya, which is all GM'd, and now wheat. They're going to go GM, and, and, it, and it's massive. It really is. How come the governments are approving it? I suppose because it's Monsanto. Why okay, it? there's another conversation. Yeah, it is. A, it is another conversation, and people don't realize. Like people think they're doing everything right, but when you actually look at. If, like even chocolate. So mm, yeah. Karen brought us back some beautiful chocolate. And do you know I couldn't bring anybody back chocolate or chips or lollies or anything because it all has that genetic or modified GM. corn. Except the one, except the chocolate you got yeah. is the only one that doesn't have genetic modified soy lecithin. So I remember seeing this thing, this post on Facebook recently, and it it basically said. Um, uh, you can keep your fair trade chocolate with your genetically modified soy pro, uh, soy lecithin. Because <gasps> that's what's happening is that all these beautiful chocolates are out there, but they put soy lecithin in there, which, which is genetically modified. modified. Yeah. So my look, my advice, I guess, um, if you are really particular about your food, 
it's probably good to do a little bit of a check before you go, especially in the US. We always make sure if we land in a, a, um, an airport, we know where the, the nearest um, Whole Foods is. We go straight to the Whole Foods and then we continue on our journey because we know that wherever we're going to be, that we want that type of food. We don't not want to have it. Um, look, you can go to restaurants and just ask for meat and vegetables and salad. Uh, but you don't know whether that meat has been, been fed by genetically modified corn, which it could have been. So you run that risk. You know, I guess what, what, where I would be going, and, and the more I'm, I realise it, is, is Europe. Is Europe will give you that culture. Cindy, have you spoken in America? Do they, do they want yeah. to hear this message? Yeah. Remember, there's 10 million people over there mm. that do want to hear this message. Mm. It's, it's, it's a momentum. It's growing. Even my cousins are getting it. You know, at first they read my book, Changing Habits, Changing Lives, back in 1998. And they went, oh, we can't do that in America, which you can, you know. And this is what's being spoken in America now is what I was talking about back then. But even my cousins would read my book and go, yeah, yeah, whatever. But now they're beginning to realise that they have to start looking at these foods. And the really good thing about um, a lot of my cousins is that they're from the farm, from the Iowa area, the Midwest, and they all have farms and they all have gardens. So they're already there, but they'll also, you know, go to the grocery store and buy, you know, other foods that they're not even thinking about. So... Look, I think there's a momentum growing, and it's the same in Australia. Europe has it, but I think what's happening in Europe is that they're actually going more Western. Mm. I, I went into their grocery stores, and I felt like I was just in a grocery store, was which was yeah, in Australia. Yeah, mm. yeah. I just I was actually a little bit disappointed because I thought I'd go in there and just see the deli and the fruits and the vegetables, but no, it's all the aisles that are in another language. But I could tell what everything was, like it was mm. cocoa pops and all the mm. breakfast cereals they didn't used to do you know they had continental breakfast which was meat and cheese and and and, and croissants and croissants yes they would have croissants made with probably iron corn mm. not but I look if you're really particular about your food, you know, check where you're going, check what food's available, and see if you can get what you want. And it's like me; I won't go to a country where I have to be vaccinated. I make that choice. So, I, if I'm going to a country and I'm being told that I'm going to have to be vaccinated if I want to get out of it or into it, I go, "Well, I'm not going." So that's the choice I make. Um, I didn't know about Greece and Spain. I knew the food would be good, but I had no idea about the. How would I say it? The edibleness of it all? Edibleness. <laughs> that's brilliant. The edibleness that. of it all. <laughs> and that's what was just, you know, to me, I was in heaven. You know, I think heaven. the advice that I would give is it got on day three, as I said to you both, I couldn't do it anymore yeah. to the point where I didn't care if I missed some of the course. I had to get food. Uh-huh. And I didn't care if no one was going to take me. I was going to take a $70 taxi ride. Mm. Um, so for me, really, in the whole two weeks I was away, I added up all my invoices. I spent $340 on food for two weeks because I went to Whole Foods. Yeah. So to me, I say, even though people say it's expensive, I got a lot of meals out of that. And plus I don't eat half as much as they do. Mm. Um, so my advice would be at some point you you find a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's and you have, you have to. There was no other option mm. for me. But the Americans knew about it, and it was filled with people when I was in there. Um, so, yeah, my advice. And, you know, the other thing for me, I took a lot of food with me. Um, I didn't take any liquid food with me, but I took a lot of nuts and seeds. Yeah. I took my coconut date slice or nut balls, which I, they lasted for another two weeks that I was there because I could put them in the fridge. And I took a lot of um, uh, that natural earth health 
products, which was the protein powder, which I could add to yogurt or to a drink. That's actually quite interesting because I find I found I didn't have to declare anything. No, no. Going into the states, no. you don't have to declare any food or no, anything. No, so no, I, no. I actually, afterwards, I thought to myself, bugger it! I wished I'd taken mm. come into Australia. Of course, you've got to declare, but I mean, I didn't. Nobody checked anything. No. And then you have to get rid of it, which is. You know, like I had bought back some of that beautiful sesame seed and honey and I just left it on the plane. No, you bring it in. They don't mind it. They don't mind don't it. Don't they? No. I, I just thought I'm not declaring it. I'm not going to go. Because th- I bought kefir one time and they threw it. So well, it I went, I can't be bothered. I'm, I'm not going to go through it all. So I just left it on the, this beautiful. Well, I brought home, I brought home a beautiful vegan uh Protein mix, mm. stunning, mm. absolutely stunning. Seaweed, honey, Ooh. Ooh, uh, mustard, chocolate. Yeah, mm. I brought home stacks of stuff. Of course, I declared it, but when I went through the declaration part, there was a man standing there. He asked me what I had. I told him. He said, "Yep, you're good. Go same. straight through." Uh, got the same thing. I didn't have to go and have to go through my bags. Yeah. And what would anyway. your little bit of advice be, darling? I, you know, not dissimilar. Um, you know, I'm just learning and I'm just starting on this journey. So for me, I googled cafes and mm. I googled organic places, and I knew about Whole Foods and I knew about Trader Joe's. So yeah, similar to you, I spent fifty dollars, went straight to tra- Trader Joe's in a taxi as soon as the conference that I was going to was over um, and stocked up, filled up my little fridge with kale and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I think it's a case of just being responsible if that's what you want to do. If, you, if you're prepared to suck it up and suffer with what's coming, then... Um, it's not worth it. You're not when you're learning and yeah. studying. Look, yeah. and, and, and when you have to speak, mm, you no. know, the last thing you need is a brain that's not working. Well, it was sad. Well, not sad, but I was, I was, um, I was nervous about it because I had the bread, and the next morning I woke up bloated, and I was on stage that afternoon, mm. and my pants were tight, <laughs> so I ended up having to wear a skirt. But it was, um, it was an amazing experience all the same. But mm. I think that a person just, you just need to be prepared. But on that note, I think we've come to the end of our podcast. What do you reckon? Yeah. I think we've done our, we've done our dash on food on... What are we, what, what are we going to call this one? Travelling... Travelling... Foodies. Mo- travelling foodies. Travelling foodies. <laughs> I was going to say the travelling mulberries, but let's go with the travelling foodies. Here we go around the mulberry bush. And I tell you what, I got so inspired on how pleased I am that we three live this way that I replanted my veggie garden on the weekend <laughs> and got my hurt. I just thought what a great thing it's only a small garden but you can have an edible garden in your backyard mm, you can mm. definitely even if it's just herbs mm. even if it's herbs mm. or, and lettuces and tomatoes yep. done mm. yeah go tomato yeah. Now we want to hear your thoughts and we want to hear all about where you've travelled. Mm. What have you experienced? Or if you haven't, are you thinking of going overseas? What do you think you might do to support yourself when you're overseas? So give us your thoughts and give us your comments on our catch-up podcast. Go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat and post your comments there. Otherwise, or as well, jump over to our Facebook page because we really want to hear from you guys on our Facebook page. And it's all the W's facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and join us next week on up for a chat and be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world and we'll see you on the ride this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives hi dr brett hill from the wellness guys here Imagine having six internationally renowned health and well-being specialists all to yourself for three whole days. Imagine a beautiful tropical location away from the rat race where you can fully immerse yourself in creating a new you. Imagine personalized one-on-one attention to help you break through to the next level. 
Join the three up for a chat girls, Kim Morrison, Cindy Amira, and Karen Smith, and the three wellness guys, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and myself, for the BFO Wellness Retreat at the luxurious Western Resort and Spa in Fiji, and make your health a priority. For more information, go to thewellnesscouch.com and click on Shop. We can't wait to see you there. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.